Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Oh, come all ye faithful. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Disappointing draw at Anfield, but an entertaining one at the Etihad. It's Monday, 18th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushin Nantaraja. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. And it's Monday. But it's a good Monday because it is the last one really until Christmas really comes alive and gets yeah, going. So absolutely. we're looking forward to that. Next next Monday, it'll be a totally different vibe. It will. Mm. It so will. so hang on in there. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be with you all the way. It's good advice. Very good advice, I think, if I may say so myself. Now, before we get into the show, a reminder that you can listen to Saturday's Mailbag Now. We do the mailbag every week. And in my humble opinion, it is extremely good yeah um luke vish and i debated whether football was really better in the good old days and vish made the case for ben stokes starting in midfield for the england football team what more could you want but other than that it was really good (laughs) (laughs) Um, find that episode below this one in your podcast app now gentlemen um let's start our premier league roundup with um some chat about uh, bournemouth versus luton and of course tom lockyer and um, the game was suspended in the 65th minute after the luton town captain suffered a cardiac arrest on the pitch now luton have confirmed of course that his condition is now stable and he's in a uh, hospital receiving further tests and, and 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 you know he was in a stable condition or he was certainly responding fairly soon after the incident and i think when the news came out that that he'd collapsed the game was suspended everyone fears the worst yeah, your, your stomach goes you know you're reminded of Sort of the, the harrowing images of Christian Eriksen, of course, made a full recovery. He's back in the Premier League, as we all know. Um, and you, oh my goodness, it's it, it's awful. And you're just waiting for that news, yeah, and to, to, to update. And especially given the, the the health issues that Tom Lockie has had in the past. I mm. mean, he collapsed in the playoff final not that long ago. Exactly. Yeah. Um, had surgery, I believe, and and was was past fully fit to to play again. We don't want to speculate. None of us are medical professionals either, but it does seem that's an interesting part of the story. Um, yeah, you couldn't see the pictures when when I was watching soccer Saturday. It was Tim Sherwood on the game. I actually thought Tim Sherwood, you know, for all the stick that I particularly give him, um, he actually dealt with it very well as a broadcaster as well. All of us have been in a live broadcasting environment. Not easy to to handle that kind of thing when you don't know what's happening and the cameras have panned away, which is always a bad sign. Mm. Um, and you do fear the worst, but it was great to hear that he's now stable and he's in hospital being looked after. Um, Luton haven't released a statement this morning, as far as I know, but they have said that. Um, He's you know, currently undergoing further tests and awaiting the results before the next steps of his recovery are determined. So, look, most important thing is, as with anyone, is his health, and 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 that's what he needs. Um, and then we'll wait and see what happens after that. But it's very, very um, relieving to hear that he's he's hopefully on the mend and is is doing okay. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Right, gentlemen, um, let's turn our attention to Manchester City two, Crystal Palace two. As I said, an entertaining one. At the Etihad, I mean, it all happened really um, towards the end of the game, of course, in that uh, penalty decision. Um, not a controversial one because Phil Foden absolutely smashed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Phil Foden went down clutching his own foot and he hurt himself uh, during the challenge. But um, Michael Elise, when he stepped up to take that penalty, 
I thought two things. I thought, my goodness, you're handsome. Yeah. And the second one was just such a cool, calm head to yeah. have in that moment. Yeah. The way he strokes the penalty in, it was just effortless. Not a cucumber in the world as, as cool as that marriage. <laughs> it was like he was thinking, this will get me a move here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might not even need to get on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Probably thinking, oh, I'm going to have to celebrate this, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> t- the one thing I thought was when you talk about Foden smash... Like, just that Jean-Philippe Mateta is massive. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He is an absolute unit. gigantic unit. Did you think he just suddenly remembered that? Because his goal, he was like, no, th- this is going in. Yeah. 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 Just by yeah. force, this We're is going, going in. in. We're all going I in. Just, the net. But, the, but the passage of play that led to that Palace penalty, it was hilarious. Yeah. There was something so comical about it. Because I think the Man City players thought, well, the game stopped there. And then the game stopped there. You're not going to count that, are you? And, and it was like the referee blew and just went, Yes, I think so. Penalty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Our referees love that as well. Yeah. They do love to do that. I mean, it's a great, it's the correct decision. So everyone wins apart from Man City. Yeah. But it, it was, it wasn't Wine like Palace. A, it wasn't a controversial, yeah, they drew. Mm. No one wins. It was a controversial, <laughs> it wasn't a controversial decision is my point. And like, he it, it, it was well within his rights to be able to do that. Mm. And it is interesting how, if you look back at recent Man City games, okay, they, they won against Luton, but narrowly. Um, the, the other two kind of wins they've had in recent times have been in the Champions League. Yeah, they've only won uh, one of the last six league games. Luke. Yeah. Haven't won in the league at home since the 4th of November. And the, and, and one the one thing you would sort of um, attribute to Pep Guardiola teams is this idea of control, right? Mm. Like they, they keep hold of the ball to control the game and they take the game away from you because they've got superior players, superior mm. tactical nows and all the rest of it. But they nearly did that. They can't seem to do that at the moment. But it's they, just moments, isn't it? Nearly doing it isn't doing it. <laughs> They're like the, the Death Star. It's like it's absolutely impenetrable apart from this big hole in the middle. What's the hole? The hole is uh, oh, they've just conceded a mad goal like, yeah. out of nowhere yeah. again, like yeah, as yeah. with the Mateta goal. But the airtel hasn't blown up or anything. Not yet. No, well, no, no one's shot at it really. In the right place. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I yeah. I mean. It, that is the thing for Manchester City because, as I said, they nearly did it. But you're right, look, of course, nearly is, is a famously not. But they quite were also there. completely outclassed by Aston Villa. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but. With this game against Palace, the frustrating thing for them is like, well, well, it was, it was a 95th minute, at the end of the day, they didn't win the match. And a lot of people in that stadium weren't happy about it. Although Roy Hodgson seemed to be very happy about oh, it. Oh, he was loving it. That was, I mean, we say that Michael Elisa, you know, famously doesn't really celebrate goals and was quite sort of unemotionless, although when he scored, he really was quite passionate. But one man who certainly showed a bit of emotion was Roy the boy on the touchline. Yeah, but the, the emotion was sort of, huh. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> what was and it? That What's all this? What's and all that this? Lovely? It, was, ah. it was also like, the way he looked, because of his age and everything, it was like he had woken up in the morning, was making a cup of tea at the kitchen mm. window, and he just saw a boy skateboarded past his house. Do you think so? I think it's a like, little I, laugh. I think it's more he's, he's having a walk down the pier or something. And he's like, oh, I just love it. Oh, the sunshine's come out. Yeah, that's oh, nice. The sun's come out. It wasn't anything vicious, is what you're saying. Nothing vicious. No. Well, Palace, of course, in their last six visits to the Etihad, they've won two, drawn two, and lost two. Not bad, is it? Pretty good record. I mean, not many other teams, perhaps none, who mm. could boast a record like that. Um, but, oh, dearie me. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not good reading for Manchester City, but it was a glorious point for Palace. Um, should Edison have been sent off for that foul on Mateta in the first half, by the way? I feel that everyone was going like, yeah, booking, that's fine. I was a bit like, I wouldn't. What's your, what's your argument for it being a, more than the booking? Well, because I think you could say it denied a goal-scoring opportunity. I know there's that sort of unwritten rule 
so it's therefore not a rule or a law. If a goalkeeper makes a foul outside the box and it's one of those, it's usually given as a red card. Yeah, but, but I mean, I suppose you can't go on that. Is this a pro? Is this a prequel to you getting on your high horse about Raúl Jiménez later? I'm just building up. Yeah, it. I thought you might be. That's yeah. quite smart. Yeah, like yeah, it's very good. I'll concede this, but I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also. Um, I thought. Well, what do you think? Did you did you think the yellow card was the right decision? To be honest, it's a weird one because I completely forgot about it until you just reminded me of it. So I, I, obviously, in my, in my mind, it didn't seem like it was an outrageous. What do you think, Vish? Thought maybe because Diaz was covering that they ruled it out as a. Well, I, I think that's why they ruled it out as um, he wasn't preventing a goal scoring opportunity. But they, I mean, they should probably remember that Diaz can't use his hands. Yeah. <laughs> which is quite a big deal I just I just thought that everyone quickly moved on from yeah. that I yeah. think because he sort of um, it's like he it's a very very quick trip rather than like studs to the shin isn't it so yeah. it's like I don't think it would have counted it wouldn't have crossed I, into the threshold of dangerous play yeah, okay. I think that's probably why it was and isn't right. it, there's also a part of the law is about a genuine attempt to play the ball as well yeah okay so he's got to, he's got to bear it all in mind. We're in the other net, of course. It was Dean Henderson's uh, Premier League debut. Made some good Crystal saves. Palace. Yeah, he did, did make some good saves, which is what you need from a goalkeeper. It's a funny one with Dean Henderson because we all know he's very highly rated, and he certainly thought that about himself. And probably oh, still big time! Does. Yeah, I'm just surprised that this is his Premier League debut for Palace. Now I know Palace have also got a very good goalkeeper in in, in Sam Johnson. You mm. know they, they seem to always have at least a few good goalkeepers at that club. I just. I would have thought by now he would be kind of starting for a. But his his, his career has been. I mean, he, if you look at the fact that he's twenty six, yeah, and he's been at seven different clubs. Yeah, yeah, it's, a yeah bit... it's been a very it's been a very kind of itinerant career so mm. far. He spent time at um, Manchester United, obviously Stockport, mm. Grimsby, Shrewsbury, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, and now Palace. Yeah, Palace is a permanent move at least. Mm. Yeah. So maybe you'd um and and that's and that's also interesting because you know, Arsenal play Brighton at the weekend and Brighton rotate their keepers all the time mm-hmm. there's been a lot of chat about having two good goalkeepers at Arsenal two good goalkeepers at Palace now yeah. as well indeed but I'm just saying that that's his debut and you saw the quality that he had absolutely yeah should he yeah. go north of the border well, Jim because th- <laughs> some English goalkeepers Jack Butland just won a trophy for crying yeah. out loud well it's an argument that I'm sure he'll be having with himself all day long every day um, <laughs> Jim but, why don't you respect the fact that English goalkeepers go north of the border sometimes have I expressed any why don't you respect Marcus ask him why I haven't want to go back to Chris Woods if you Joe want Joe Hart so yeah. from Fraser Forster to Chris Woods that, <laughs> that feels like it's quite a big gap a huge gap yeah mm. what about Joe, you, Joe why Hart you, why don't you respect uh a tournament that's decided before the um, quarterfinal equivalent in the English <laughs> is, uh, I just I rate the Scottish League Cup I like it They're done before Christmas yeah. first trophy out of the way bang let's get that out of the way yeah they've um, got f- they, and they can concentrate you're on, up on and running and, and exactly and when the, and yeah I think I for one I'm sure it's just a coincidence and I, don't, I don't believe in conspiracies or anything like that as you guys know but <laughs> I'm sure it's a coincidence that Marcus has brought up Scottish football the, the day after two day or two after Rangers have won a, a I, I wanted point. to link it to Good Hearts point. beating Celtic oh did you okay, that's all right. I wanted to Fair do enough. okay right. and Fair you enough. so if you don't like conspiracies why do you subscribe to Matt Letizia's letters because you've got to keep the enemy close <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you back. what Matt has the gateway drug to Ricky Lambert as you well know yeah, yeah. DJ. well anyway back to uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> back to Manchester City versus Crystal Palace so yeah so Dean Anderson um, played very well Rico Lewis scored his first yes. Premier League goal he bludgeoned that in as well didn't he yes. get out of the way everyone a bang man, a man with much talent Vish yeah I mean he was that was supposed to be like the the um, I suppose the opening of the floodgates to a point, but I feel like because of Lewis and because of I suppose primarily because of him actually, there is this sense that Man City are bringing through like the other generation. I was going to throw Cole Palmer in there as well. Obviously, yeah. he's gone elsewhere, but 
He's still done brilliantly, though. Yeah, you know, that, that, I suppose, you know, those younger players at City that you've heard about are kind of coming to fruition now. And then you get a result like this and you're kind of like, hold on, what's what's actually the problem here? Because Rodri's playing, which is mm, yeah. which used to be a problem. You've got youngsters coming through. Yep. Everyone's pretty established. And they're still conceding goals. Like, you know, they, well, they've conceded 20 goals in 17 games now, which yeah. is, you don't you don't really equate a Man City side to conceding it's about control. more than a goal a game. Because even if you... It, it, but why are they ceding control? But, but if, you, if, you look, if you look at, like, say, Jeremy Docker's been one of their standout players this yeah. year, right? Doku, Rodri and Haaland has probably been their standout players this year, right? Doku isn't part of the team at the moment. Grealish comes in and scores some free games in the yeah. row. So everywhere you look, yeah. there seems yeah. to be things happening, right? But for some reason, I, I personally believe it's the old um, Alex Ferguson thing that he talks about, talks about a lot during his career, which is if you have a showpiece season... And everything yeah. has to be right. Mm-hmm. Everything gears towards it. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. You look around the dressing room, you go, right, we've we've got this here. You know, we may be unlucky, mm-hmm. but there's no weakness here. And you win a treble like they did. The next season is the hardest challenge you have as a manager because you can't get the players to do it. You can't and, and Marcus has already mentioned that like some of these players have even talked about this publicly. Well Grealish being yeah. the obvious. Yeah, one. so 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 it's probably some in my view, it may be a bit of a lazy comparison, but it's still it seems to be something like that. And if you look at the position Manchester City are in, it's not just about points being dropped. There's a long way to go. We're not even at the halfway point yet. It's about the teams around you you're going to have to overhaul because it becomes... A lot of people think when they talk about the relegation picture, oh, well, there's so many points left to play for. If you've got so many teams to overhaul, it it basically compounds the problem. Manchester City at the moment are fourth in the table. They're a point off fifth. They could be fifth, you know, this time next week or whatever. Um it becomes a real problem because you're talking about Arsenal and Liverpool and Aston Villa and Spurs and potentially new, all these teams to overcome. Yeah. It makes it very, very difficult. Well, Manchester United, when they won the treble in the late 90s, the following season, I mean, they, they won the league at a canter. They, you know, Arsenal was second by was about 18 points or something like that. It was crazy. But the 91 points, in a way, it was still quite impressive, yeah. whereas Man City is struggling. Well, moment. City are going for their fourth in a row, aren't they, which hasn't been done, and there's probably a reason that hasn't been yeah. done. Uh, uh, that is, uh, again, that's similar in, in terms of just keeping standards up for that long and also tweaking in a way that remains so, so like mm-hmm. incredibly functional that it wins a title to that degree. Um, on a personal level, I think actually Jack Grealish deserves a lot of respect for rising to the Doku challenge. He himself in the summer said, didn't he, that he was... Mm-hmm. A little bit concerned about keeping standards up and keeping motivation up. And we know what Grealish is like. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He says what he thinks. And clearly having sort of some sort of personal challenge around him has served as that motivation to get those standards up and, and, and to sort of like mm. to rally and fight for the cause again. I think at Villa, it was easy for him to do that because obviously, you know, his boyhood club, they're kind of, they were fighting for survival a lot. Different at City, much easier to just kind of ride along on the crest of that wave. But mm. the challenge of Doku is... is um, has made him step up to that. And I do wonder if we're going to see what we've seen in pretty much every season under Guardiola, bar perhaps his first season when he was first getting used to the league, um, of whether they are going to go on their sort of like horrendous marauding, mm. just like rampage in, in, in the second half of the season. It does, as, it does tend to happen. Do. Yeah, you, you, surely sooner or later <clears throat> that won't happen, right? It feels like maybe if that's ever not going to happen, it will be in the season after a treble. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you, you are right to say that. I mean, last season, for the first half of the season, Manchester City weren't that convincing. They had dropped apart. I don't think it was as concerning as this. But, you know, that second half of last... I don't think it is concerning. 
Right. I think it's great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arsenal were top of Christmas last season. They could be top of Christmas again this season. They could yeah. be, yeah. But I, I, so I think with Manchester, yeah, if Haaland is injured, lest we forget, you know, even Kevin De Bruyne is still, is still away. If Mid, they, mid-January. Well, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. It's coming back. Right. So if <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about two, two, two of the best players in the world. Monsters. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. He said De Bruyne said recently that he wants to return as the best player in the world. So that's nice. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well done, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking, they're doing this on purpose. Is he even injured? So, yeah, just trying to, they're trying to give everybody a head start. Exactly. Then we'll go right. This, let's just, just really challenge them. A bit more fun for us, but yeah, Guardiola has to, to motivate him has locked him in like a saw style room. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Jack Grealish, who by the way scored in his third successive Premier League game uh, for the first time. I mean, his career, um, it was revealed early in the week that he hired out a Nando's back in the West Midlands for a Christmas party. The restaurant arranged a special menu titled Grealish's Festive Grub. And there was even uh, a, 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 a new sauce created for him called Super Jack Sauce. What is in that sauce? Yeah, yeah. which is un- it might be yeah. Jamie Vardy's <laughs> Skittle recipe. Could be. Could be, it could be liquefied Play-Doh. Could be absolutely <laughs> you know, when you're a kid and you think, well, I'll just mix all the sauces in the yeah. house together... And it's. I think that's that's what he's done. I used there. to do that as well. Yeah. I'm pleased that I'm not the only person that did do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Your mate uh, John McGinn was there. Mm. Was friend. he? Yeah, he was Legend. there apparently, among if, other pals. If you were um, Jack Grealish's mate who wasn't a footballer, would you be a little bit annoyed that he was doing it at Nando's? Nah, I think I I'd do it somewhere like that. No, I think I think Nando's is um, the Foot- great leveler, isn't it? Footballers yeah. love Nando's because you can you can also eat fairly healthily. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you, you weren't a footballer, you'd, know, you'd, you'd want a bit Greenish. of a blowout, wouldn't you? Oh well, listen. Uh, apparently, the special menu it's a mid-season man. Yeah, it doesn't have to be for footballers. No, true. Host it. Yeah, they can, have, they can have desserts. The footballers will have the chicken, they'll have the lean meats and the well, veg. You, you say that, but according to the story, uh, the only photo available from the meal mm. um, featured a massive plate of chips, loads of halloumi and bottles of Portuguese lager sagres. So, well, yeah. that, that's your, that's your non-footballing pal. That, that was vicious end of the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a quote about how he likes a McDonald's as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, him and Erling Haaland were sort of talking about yes. the old food and I so mean, on. I mean, we talked about the legendary black card on Friday, the Nando's black card that yeah. used to exist, which apparently gave you unlimited nan- Nando's if you were a celebrity or whatever. And like, Grealish is really up the ante here. Like that's, I don't think the ante can be upped anymore. But he's he's, 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 paid, he's for paid for it though. He's, he's paid for it. You know what that is? That's Richie Rich, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It is a bit. Definitely. Mm, yeah. It is a bit. Uh, apparently some people were a little bit annoyed the locals because they turned up wanting a Nando's and that what's going on here people love Nando's they it, do. Isn't, it, it cannot be the only Nando's in the West Midlands <laughs> in that particular area but, but it's annoying when you go to a pub and they, they say oh it's closed tonight for a, for yeah. a private party or whatever so it's the same vibe but then, but then Grealish and one or two of the others did do a few photos so I think it appeased them they were, they were hungry but they were pleased they <laughs> <laughs> Jack, thanks for the photo. I'd rather have that uh, grilled well, chicken pitter if I could. And he threw a bottle of his sauce at them. <laughs> and they all got covered in it, Jim. Um, now. Uh, no, no, not now. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> What's the next bit? What's the next bit? Yeah. I just wanted to segue into his former club, Aston Villa, of course. Um, now, uh, Aston Villa, away to Brentford, 1-2-1. Both sides finished the game with 10 men. This was the most ridiculous passenger play of the season. Yeah. I love it when two teams who otherwise rarely sort of meet just decide for, for one afternoon that they hate each other. <laughs> and who, who would have thought that Emmy Martinez and Neil Morpai, <laughs> a.k.a. The, probably the two biggest cunts in the Premier League. <laughs> Do you not think Martinez, though, there's a likeable quality about him? No. No, no you're not. I think There's a pantomime You quality, like him, surely. that's fine. Don't make me like Jim him. Jim was immediately in defence. Yeah. Vish has I've the casting vote. bias lingering. Yeah. Was, it, was it not a lovely colliding of worlds for something that, as Jim mentioned, you know, yeah. it was Morpé beefing with Leno that led Martinez yep. on this path to glory yep. now and then they've met yeah 
It's like a cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. But, but do you not think, though, Martinez, with all the antics in the World Cup and, and, and so on, what he did? Yeah, what? but like you could have a mate who's a cunt, can't you? Yeah. Uh, he's, Martinez is your mate who's a cunt. Morpé is got your... three of them in here. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking a glove. He's trying to fuck a glove. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Therefore, I don't like him. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Because he's mugged off everybody. He mugged off the world doing that. It's hilarious. You did a poem about him last week. That's okay. That's up to you. It was an ode, not a poem. Sorry, an ode. I apologise. And I don't... You're an ode. I just think... I I mean, objectively, I suppose, I find it entertaining, but I think he's unquestionably a cop. He's a shithouse. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, I like that he kind of had a pop at Neil Mopar because I don't like him very much either. There you go. It was it was the most pointless and pantomimish thing I've seen in the Premier League for a very long but time. It, it, very I mean, enjoyable. The, the, the passage of that did lead to um, Kamara putting his fingers in someone else's mouth and yeah. getting sent off. <laughs> so it actually cost Villa a player. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he yeah, couldn't it believe worked, it either, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, he couldn't believe it. It was like he did that thing that yeah. a lot of players do in that kind of situation where they go, "Well, look, uh, look it's the end of the game." Yeah. You can still be sent off. No, no, but no, it's a free hit. Yeah, no, it, it, hit. That's the problem. It feels so pointless because yeah. you can technically be sent off in the car park. If the referee's on the premises, yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. you can be sent off. Yeah, he, he's, he, that's just young and foolish. Because happened to Dee Windass, didn't he get sent off like five three times? times in the same three game? times. Yeah, yeah, but he kept turning round and having to go at the referee. Yeah. The referee's, I've told you, here's another one. Yeah, here's another one. Get lost. Um, but yeah, um, was Ben Mees sending off because uh, Thomas Frank seemed to not see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, fine. that's okay then. Fine. That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. It was a clear red card. Hang on, everyone. Was, Sorry, yeah. Varkin, let's get a decision. Um, the manager didn't see it. <laughs> so, can we still definitely send him off? Doesn't seem fair. Yeah. He said it. You're a seven year old. You can stand in the corner and close your eyes it, and that didn't happen. Can we just can we check that it did happen? Because <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't lie about it, would he? I mean, he, he thought it wasn't a sending off. It's yeah. just like, come, come on. on. Yeah, exactly. Come he on. Was, like he thought it wasn't a sending off because of the reaction of the player. The Villa player didn't like go over and like. I mean, he very much endangered the opponent. Yeah, it was, it was it's a red card. I mean, to be fair to Ben Mee, I think it's his first red card for 10 years. Really? So, he, I mean, he's obviously not made a habit of this kind of stuff. No, no, no one's saying that. But the incident is the incident. I'm not saying because it was Ben Mee it should be a red card. No. I'm saying because of where he put his foot and I'm how just, he did it. I'm just saying he's not an, he's not a Christian Romero type character. No one's saying that. No, he's not. No one's saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, Unai Emery was getting involved. He got Straight a, in there. He got a book in, didn't he? He did. Just I thought he, he did well. He was trying to play peacemaker. I wasn't yeah. sure why he got a book. Yeah. He, yeah. he took a booking because yeah. he left a technical area. Oh, yeah. He had to. He was like, I will die on my yellow card because these boys are going to all get sent it's kind of a bit like you know you're, you're driving a family member to the hospital who's in labour and you still get busted for speeding yeah or <laughs> you know know I mean? get a parking fine yeah like, yeah. yeah it's it's because he's so trying to do the right thing there it doesn't send the right message does it yeah but you can't go like 60 in a 20 mile an hour though no you can't but I'm just okay it's a pain analogy right but I'm just saying Emery's the message being sent there uh. is a real kind of you know, Poindexter bookish one, isn't it? Yeah, but technically you've yeah. left it. Yeah. So you... Like revenge of the nerds seems like the theme of the entire Premier League at the moment. Yeah, it does. Officials. And I think I think also <laughs> Arsenal fans would say on Twitter would say that because it's only because Emery used to manage Arsenal that he's been booked for that. <laughs> Good point. <They> really? <laughs> yeah, but people will say <laughs> he was. But it would be far less measured than that. Yeah, it would. Yeah. But people. But the argument is he, he was gaining an advantage from leaving the technical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, if he'd stayed there, maybe more of the players would have been sent yeah. off. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I don't. It, that might not even be the most like angry thing that happened in the game because no. the Ollie Watkins situation. Well, it? exactly. Yeah. We should talk about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It was yeah. so good. And what I loved as well is the way they went back to the match of the day two studio. And Ian Wright was just chuckling, going, "Oh yes, yeah." yeah. I remember when uh, Aaron Ramsdale. I think it was away to Leeds when Arsenal won four nil. 
couple of seasons ago and Ramsdale had been getting it from the Leeds fans mm. and then when Arsenal scored the third or something like that he started doing this little Thomas Ravelli jig in front yeah of him, like, I remember that yeah. and it cut back and Ian Wright oh no Ian Wright on Twitter actually currently known as X said yeah. um, oh man I really miss this about playing and yeah. I love that I love <laughs> yeah. that about Ian Wright His, and, and, and as they said you know it's the right to reply He's about to yeah. um, leave Matchday Day as well. End of the he season. is, yeah. yeah. Real shame. But yeah, be a real shame. Yeah, yeah. But, but, on, the, but on, the Ollie, on the Ollie Watkins thing, it's, it's you know it's brilliant that he's able to shut that fan up. It's great that it happened. Obviously, Ollie Watkins used to play for Brentford, so I presume that was something to do with it. That fan definitely will be shut up now. Well, and what will learn his lesson? But that's that's something I wanted to mention. Is that like you know <laughs> when people talk about um, um, poor behaviour of fans. They talk about things like racism and sexism and homophobia, mm. and, and, and rightly so, and I totally understand that, and that's really the most important thing that we should be targeting. But I've witnessed personally loads of like really unacceptable, poor behaviour that doesn't actually happen to fit in any of those yeah. buckets, it's still but it's still though, fucking right? dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that guy should be ashamed of himself for behaving in that way, um, and I'm pleased that he's, uh, for him solely, yeah. I'm pleased his team got beaten. Yeah. Also, the, the reaction of people around you, or people around him rather, would be like, well done, mate. Yeah, you yeah. fucking knob. Because football fans will probably think that's his fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, how, yeah. that's how karma yeah. works in football. I, I, I yeah. think from, from the brief footage that you could see in, in the highlights of, of that particular incident, He's, I think he sort of stared Watkins out a little bit as if as if he's like as if he's winning in some way by not backing down the absolute melon. Yeah. I, can, but, I told you once at Fratton Park, Portsmouth played um it must have been Wimbledon because it was Vinnie Jones was playing. And um I was at the seat right by the touchline mm. and the ball came into the crowd um and Vinnie Jones came to get it to take a throw in and um some guy next to me was like screaming abuse at him. Mm. Uh, and, and Vinnie Jones just gave him this look which was just like all right, yeah. Mm. As in, like, my my life is infinitely better than yours. Yeah, just give yeah, me the ball, you mm-hmm. fucking loser. Mm. And it made him feel... The guy, you could just tell by his face, it made him feel, like, two inches tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's much more powerful than just wimbling in there, mm. doing the old Eric Dyer. Absolutely. <laughs> or, or Eric Cantona. Yeah, or the Eric Cantona. Or the Eric's. Ollie yeah. Watkins' post-match was great. He, he was asked about it, and he said, there was one individual who was giving me grief all game and that the pause was delicious just yeah. you could put any insult you want in that pause and it would be appropriate <clears throat> individual yeah i think i mean look for the for the vast majority of cases obviously footballers blanket up rise above it and so on. you can't be you'd be put off your they game have to, don't they? Well, you, have to, you, yeah. you simply have to but yeah the, the fans can you know within the realms of the law they feel like they can just say absolutely anything yeah. so when you do get one of these moments it is it is glorious sometimes it goes a bit too far i mean i remember Jamie Carragher at uh, Highbury now he got a coin thrown at him yeah he shouldn't throw it back, though. Probably not. Yeah. But, but there is an element of this with fan culture, mm-hmm. not always, but sometimes, where you'll have a guy there with, say, like his eight-year-old son, yeah. and he'll scream abuse at players mm-hmm. all game, and the moment a player sticks the fingers back up at him, he goes, well, my son's here! Yeah, yeah, no, You've got, you got an example. Not, yeah, even, not even that, they just they can't take it. Yeah, yeah. I, I never understand that about people. and uh, you do, But, I, I mean, I don't think most football fans are like that. There is definitely, um, a, a, you know, a, a section and... Uh, a, you know, a healthy minority who who would be, but sometimes I think some players when they you know when they give it some and so on. there was that clip earlier in the season. I think it was at Bournemouth where they were chanting at Madison. That was it was nothing nasty. It was like you know Southgate thinks you shit or something yeah. like that. And he turns around, and he, he mis- pretends to miss kicking, and they and they all applaud yeah. him. You know, oh, no, he, he moves the ball off the. Quadrant, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, and so, so you sometimes yeah. you, you know you can have this sort of a bit pantomime, as you mm. say, and, and football is brilliant. When that's it's nothing like vicious. That. That's nothing vicious. It's, it's but, nothing but, vicious. But it's pantomime on always on the fans' terms, though, isn't it? Yes. Like, yeah. th- I mean, that's the thing. The, this that's, guy, that's the behaviour yeah. that we just deem to be acceptable, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah, so, but like, you know, this fan went a bit too far and, and you know, was, more, couldn't have made a mug of him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think more of that. I, yeah. I was so glad it wasn't fard. 
Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> that would have been oh, awful. That would have been, yeah. been awful for absolutely. If that everybody. had happened, I would love to have seen the fans' reaction as it got far. Yeah. Also, I think I think it really nah. helped that Watkins um, at the end of the game went over to Thomas Frank. He's like, you know, there's not a problem with you. And Frank, Frank clearly went, oh yeah, no, that's, yeah. that bloke over there is Belland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he follows us every <laughs> he game. Does it to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a win for Aston Villa. They've won 25 Premier League games in 2023. Their best record in a calendar year in their entire history. It's incredible, isn't it? Especially given what story club they are. How yeah. about that? They've 81 points in 2023 they've they've uh, gained. Uh, only Manchester City have more. Racking up those wins is, <sighs> is impressive, isn't it? And because they're doing it so consistently, they're starting to build a bit of an aura around them now. Definitely. it's um, They seem like the real yeah. deal at the moment. Obviously, there's a long way to go. And they've got yeah. some great games coming up. They're Sheffield United at home <laughs> next. Yeah. They go to Old Trafford after that, Vish, on Boxing Day. Lovely little Christmas treat for you, pal. <laughs> And uh, after did you, that, not, did you not watch the game on yeah. Sunday? Did you not see the black hole <laughs> yeah. that we've become? We'll do that in a minute. And after that, they play Burnley at home. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they could still be going also, on. Arsenal go to Anfield next weekend as well. Um, and that was a draw last season. If it's a draw again and they beat Sheffield United, Villa will be top, top at Christmas. Christmas. I mean, incredible, yeah. But go on the villains. I think they, they, this may well be one of those games they look back on and go, that was... Important. Because they were one nil down, important to put they away. couldn't. Yeah, exactly. They 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 couldn't break them down. The sending off helped, of course, enormously, and then they get out of there with the win. They've been travelling, um, you know, in, in Europe, um, you know, only a few days ago. So this could be one of those wins. People talk about the the the, the, the fortuitous ones or grinding them out and so on. Well, they've got one here, and they're still in the title race. And, and, and the spectre of the feast is Man City, as we talked about earlier. Man City have got the Club World Cup to deal with at the moment. Mm. Unlux. They're playing in Saudi Arabia, I think, tomorrow night, aren't they? Against the uh, Japanese side, I think. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, they, 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 they've got loads to deal with. So all, you never know. All eyes on that. Well, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Probably not. it could potentially work in their favour as well, because yeah. they're not going to be competitive games, and it might actually be oh, you a surprise rest. Yeah. So you reckon yeah. travelling to Saudi Arabia the week before Christmas is good for a team who can't buy a win? Um, a team who won't need to play their starting players, yeah. Mm-hmm. Warm right. weather training, a bit, of, bit of sun in your back. All right. All right. Well, we'll see, we'll see, won't we? Maybe Jordan Time will, will be in the crowd, like giving a, them all abuse. Seems like an anti-city bias to me. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, because it's a tournament that's being run by FIFA. It's um, it's in Saudi Arabia. I didn't need yeah. to check. I know it's in Saudi <laughs> yeah. Arabia. Is that they, right? They yeah. might add fifteen odd games to it. Probably as well, will between now and tomorrow. If they decide so. to, it's up to them. Yeah. Hendo's done a good job though, getting this over. Well done. Did you see the the club World Cup has been announced for the summer of twenty twenty five? Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, though, Marcus, it is. You notice, yeah. There's no third place playoff, so, oh, so that's fine. They, are reducing, that's fine. <laughs> they yeah. are reducing the amount of games in their own little way. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I tell you what, we will compromise with you. Yeah, that third place player, <laughs> we might not do it. Honestly, do check it out. You will, you won't believe it. You'll look in there and go, well, it's like twelve teams from Europe playing in it. I mean, it is the Super League they're creating here. Yeah. So, well, let's oh, do it. Goodness. Let's talk about it. Are we? Okay, no, it's not. Yeah, right, please don't. I'd yeah. rather, I genuinely would rather go for a break <laughs> than talk about football. Chelsea, Real Madrid, Man City, Bayern Munich, PSG, Inter Milan, Porto, Benfica, <laughs> and uh, four other teams yet to be decided. It could be your team. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. To the football Good. ramble, everybody. Yes, I'll give it to Jason Tyndall. He'll have your heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. He'll caress it, won't he? Someone pointed out. Someone pointed out the other day that he really, really looks like a wolf from Gladiators. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one, isn't With it? He should grow his hair with a haircut. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Wolf had a skullet, didn't he? Like a probably big skullet. Yes. Yeah. Jason yeah. Tyndall probably got a good hairline at the moment, but he could grow it out and give us all a treat. He, he looks like you know if um you know. Uh, if they did like a, a Masters Love Island, yeah, like over forties, he'd be on that. Oh, yeah, we, we said this. We said yeah. Yeah. no, no, but like Masters, so you know, it's the older one. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Are you angling for you? I reckon you cut cut a good uh, figure on that. No, uh, if I did Love Island, I'd probably become the first contestant to go in the swimming pool with a shirt on. <laughs> And you'd, and you'd probably become single if you went on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, well, yeah. yeah. I do think uh, every series of Love Island should have someone of our age on it as like a punishment. Yeah, I'm up for that. <laughs> our age? Fish is a lot younger than us. Well, in our bracket. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree. In I our we're, age on a form. We're all taking the same box, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I think it should be you, Jim. Um, we should say thanks to Friend of the Ramble Jam Hands. Um, don't ask us how we got those hands uh, <laughs> yeah. for choosing that clip. Uh, you can become a Friend of the Ramble too by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. What a stocking it, filler. It is a great community yeah. uh, I'm always on the discord over there I bloody enjoy the chat I'll be honest with you yeah yeah, yeah. it's great stuff uh, right it's time for an update on the football ramble Acker with Betfair every weekend we're placing a £10 Acker on our four matches 90 markets across the Premier League where any winning bets are paid out in 90 minutes and that's important um, because you'll, you'll hear why in a minute so you don't need to worry about any stoppage time drama ruining your bet um, game number one Marcus picked Aston Villa to beat Brentford they did the business come on Turned I've done around. my bit you're back on the horse yep. um, Jim picked Fulham to draw against Newcastle shit show uh, <laughs> Newcastle won 3-0 <laughs> Vish picked Everton to beat Burnley uh, Everton won 2-0 sticking well done, with Vish. Everton Luke uh, that's me yep. uh, picked Liverpool to beat Man United they drew 0-0 oh, in dear. what was the worst game of the century now Michael Elise stoppage time penalty in the aforementioned Manchester City 2 Crystal Palace 2 game means that a massive 35,698 people who bet on Man City to beat Crystal Palace still got their bet paid out thanks to Betfair's match odds 90 markets and it also earned us another £10 for Prostate Cancer UK and more good news Betfair are getting into the festive spirit with their 12 pays of Christmas competition they're offering a £90 free bet every day 
till Christmas Eve to lucky punters who submit their heartbreaking losing bets. All you have to do to enter is tweet your losing bet slip and use the hashtag 12 pays of Christmas to be in with a chance of winning. Mm. That's it from me, Marcus. It's back to you in the studio. Thank you, Luke Moore. We now go to Liverpool 0, Manchester United 0. Virgil van Dijk said there was only one team, I think, that were trying to win that game. Um, Man, Roy Man United. Roy Keane was terribly offended by this. Mm. Yeah, said he it was, was arrogant. Yeah, yeah he, 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 but he also ended the broadcast by saying, hopefully when Liverpool play Arsenal, Arsenal will try and win the game. So he was kind of a bit conflicted. Yeah, but I, I think, think that was sarcasm. Though, but he's just it? angry. Daniel Sturridge was in there, you know, poking him a bit. Um, he's brilliant, Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, and it was at Anfield. Roy Keane probably got a bit of pelters on the way in. Oh, massive. He knew he was going to get some on the way out and he was just chucking <laughs> Sturridge. That's probably yeah. what happened. But I mean, the one thing that's interesting is that, you know, to put this in perspective for those of you who mercifully listening didn't see this game, and I cannot, you know, tell you how jealous I am that you spent two and a half hours doing something else because I wish I did. <laughs> Liverpool had 34 shots, uh, right? Have you taken into account the ball's only really in play for, what, 60 minutes, right? Sometimes not even that. Yeah, that is a shot every two minutes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it was only that Trent one that really kind of... It still, went, it still never looked like they were going to score, did they? Yeah. Yeah. It sort of battered them nil-nil this time. Yeah, it was a right very, then. very strange game. It was awful to watch. May and I were abysmally bad. Liverpool were <laughs> astonishingly sloppy. Like yeah. It was just like you wanted to grab Liverpool, get them in a huddle, shake them and say... Mm -hmm. If you just concentrate yeah. now, you will win this game 5-0. I'm sure Robbie Fowler's here. Just put him up front yeah. and yeah. put one away. He would have done. The whole thing seemed like a sort of site-specific, very expensive piece of physical theatre about erectile dysfunction. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. Just in their heads, it was. This is gonna. This is gonna be good. Oh, no, just cut. no. It's no, 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 no. Uh, uh, for lots of different reasons, it just wasn't happening for anyone. Do you want to carry on, Jim? No, no. <laughs> it felt a bit Said like. Enough. Shit, ask me if I'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> for those who remember, Pelle. when Pelle used to advertise, yeah. God rest him. His legacy is multifarious, but on this show, it's basically about erectile dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bit in that advert where he, I don't know why, he, he, it sounds like he freestyles it. Yeah. And he goes, you need to get treatment. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Poor fellow. Yeah, it was like, do you know what this game was why? like? It was like, you've, you've been given a present and they said, we're going to take you to a really expensive restaurant mm. and you get there. Nando's you, Jack You're looking really. forward to it for the whole week mm. and you get there and it's Salt Bay's restaurant. <laughs> I thought I saw it more as like Takeshi's castle type. Everyone trying to gain a footing on like a soapy floor. Yeah, it was that's also like that. at an angle. Yeah. And boulders are coming through. But the, re the reason I said the bit about wanting to shake Liverpool into kind of some kind of concentration is because I definitely felt like because the first ten minutes or so they were so dominant Liverpool. Yeah, if they had scored in that period, mm -hmm. that would have been that. Yeah, yeah. they would have, they would have carried on. It's just because they couldn't score, it kept piling on them, and they couldn't. Got to get them out of this, themselves out of this funk. And Man United were really just not a concern at all. Man United made sure they didn't lose that game, and it was all because of what happened, of course, in the result last last season. But they defended pretty well. They defended though. They seemed to they be different. Like, Liverpool had thirty-four shots. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, but, but quite, quite, quite a few of those shots are yeah. like against someone who's like two <clears> yards away from you. I don't think May not have defended well personally. Well, Varane defended quite well. well I I Liverpool thought... hardly created anything. I mean, you've got to give no, them a but but of... I think I think that's I think that's their fault though because I think hundred percent. I think at some points it felt that like Liverpool had too many cooks. And then all those cooks wanted to add their own garnish on things, and yeah. they ended up fucking it up for everyone else. Really, I, I thought it was actually quite. Um, it, it was a performance indicative of how Liverpool have been over the last few weeks, which Liverpool um, fans have spoken about. They haven't been very convincing at all, and I would say the way they played against 
a bad Manchester United team who were playing badly at the time. Mm. I'm not talking about form here. In the moment, they, they were dreadful. Um, I thought that is that's one of the arguments against Liverpool winning the league this season because you have to you ha- just have to beat a team like that. You can't be yeah. that selfish in individual moments, particularly in the second half when yeah, good point. when Gakpo comes on. Klopp got a bit greedy, thinking they can go to four two four. When I thought it made perfect sense to either bring on Jones or bring on Elliot, someone with a bit of industry who's going to be in the middle and be a bit busy, mm. um, because you know even someone like Slob was like had a dreadful game because he was clearly like trying to do his own thing and his understanding with Salah completely went out the window in that first half. Felt like they were, you know, getting in each other's way. Um, and I think, you know, they talked about in the studio about it coming from arrogance. I think it also came from how bad United have been that they thought, they almost, as Luke alluded to before, they were almost in their own heads a bit being like, why aren't we beating these? They're rubbish. Yeah. It was the only, uh, only Simicast didn't have a shot of all the outfield players for Liverpool. Wow, that's I'd, lo- incredible. I'd love to know if that's ever happened before in the Premier League. Brilliant if Allison had a go from a drop kick. <laughs> yeah. right, I'll have it. Came up for the corner at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> he has scored. I mean, it could happen. It'd have been hilarious wow. if Rasmus Hoyland would have put that one away. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. that would have been, and that was the best chance of the game. That would have been so funny. You, you, I mean, you saw why he obviously got. But it wasn't the funniest moment of the game. That was definitely Diogo Dallo being sent off in the same moment for two pieces I mean, of the Michael just had enough. Mad. <laughs> He Absolutely has to watch it as well. Mad. He was as angry as the rest yeah. of us. I, I, I know that there's, there have been these, you know, um, there's been instruction at the start of the season that referees are going to clamp down on this sort of stuff. But football is an emotive game. And as human beings, when we're frustrated, mm. we, we very often immediately take out and release that frustration. And I know there are times where you can cross a line, but I think it's, it's impossible for players not to feel like that, you know. It's just, you you can't take that out of no, what it I is to be a human I thought a booking was fair, and, and then, I think the second one is mad. Isn't well, it's it? the same piece. Of, I mean, yeah, I, I think the it's referee the should book again, him, though, isn't it? and the referee goes, "You carry on like that, and I'll and I'll book you." No, but you, again, you, and, and but, but the problem you know. is it's also you know we ask for consistency, and I I don't I don't think consistency game to the game actually exists because they're refereed by no. different teams. You know, if we include VAR and all that yeah. as well. Yeah, right. But you know, Darwin Nunes had a situation where he was booked and then clapped the. Um, uh, assistant referee on the sideline, like like stuff like that, like yeah. just gets you know they let it slide. But then because it's the end, because the atmosphere was a little bit more febrile, I think the referee responds to that. I, th- I just thought yeah. it was ridiculous. Well, yeah, also, I don't also, think that was really doing anything other than just screaming into a void at that point. Yeah, yeah but Jim, you know, if if a guy if Diego Dalla reacts to a fact that the throw was given to Liverpool when it came off Salah, right? He throws his fist at the referee in the direction of the referee. And he gets booked. He then does exactly the same thing again. So if it was a book in ten seconds ago, it's a book in now. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's, he's either he's, if it's if it's a, a, a level of descent that crosses the threshold for a booking, and then you go and do exactly the same thing. You're a fucking idiot. Well, it's, at least he gave us something that. to talk about. It's true, and we applauded. I, for I, that. I actually, I actually think you know, if you look in the environment, I think it was Lars who was talking about on OTC last week. The environment that is generated in, in within football around referees can you know culminate in the thing that happened, to, you know, to that referee. In, in Turkey and that's a terrible thing and referees I, I I don't think we should be too worried about referees striking a blow back for stamping their authority on a game I mean yeah, if, if 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 he decides that that crosses the threshold for dissent and the guy does it twice and it's two yellow cards right, two you, yellow cards are red you convinced me there you go yeah um, I, I don't broadly like I think it's a bit lame but I don't disagree with the red card as it is like, mm-hmm. the technicalities of it it's just you know 
whatever. No, I mean, they just I, apply it when they want. Yeah. I, I think, think that, that's, that's the issue. I, yeah. I, and I think they, they're also tasked with something that's really difficult to discern, which is that they have to really pick up on the spirit of a game and the and the flow of a game and what's happening. And they don't want the game to descend into absolute anarchy. And they've got to think about that. And that's not something that viewers or possibly even people in this stadium can really judge on. Only referees can do that. I remember interviewing Howard Webb once when I said, why is it that you know, when I play football on a Saturday or a Sunday, you're not allowed to swear at all at a referee. You basically get sent off for that. But Premier League players do it all the time. Mm. And Howard Webb said, well, actually, the difference is that the camera angle makes it look like they're much closer than they are. It's very difficult for us to hear all the time because the stadium can be very loud. It's just not as cut and dried as that. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Oliver was either so fuming that he had to watch really yeah, closely so. a terrible game <laughs> or that Dallow was a complete prick. You know, and, and Dallow should know better than that. I mean, I just don't well, think you can have any sympathy for the player there. Ultimately, I don't know how you can. The, the, the result means that Arsenal finished the weekend top of the Premier League because they beat Brian 2-0 earlier in the day. Jim Campbell, Arsenal are on the verge of yet another oh, Premier League title. You said that about Leicester. <laughs> and they won. They, they won it. No, no, way after they won it. Oh, I was just was under Brendy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was very good to get a win against Brighton because they've been a bit of a bogey team recently. And uh, it's not as simple as saying that Declan Rice is entirely responsible for a five-goal swing between this season and last, but he was absolutely magnificent again. Just just a, a brick wall moving around the pitch, just, just spraying balls around, just yeah. absolutely dominating, and he was brilliant. Kai Havertz is a different player since that Newcastle game, it would seem. Another since goal. that naughty tackle, yeah. he <laughs> like something's woken up in him. Like he, he seems a lot more present, a lot more direct. His thinking seems quicker. Another goal for him, as you say, so that's that's really good. Um, Arteta's got detention again, I think, or he mm. certainly will do soon. Got another book in. Um, and I think the, the, uh, the, the Villa game was was an interesting one because um, despite losing the game, Arsenal did play well. So that was sort of encouraging. It's not one of those ones where you go away with it thinking, oh God, yeah, that was a bit sign sloppy, of a yeah. malaise. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, they, they probably should have won this game by more, more goals. You, you, and, you and brushed over the Arteta yellow card, by the way. Well, I, th- I think we should go back to that because when after the game, if it was a fair yellow, he said, no, I was waving to Martinelli and then just ran out of the interview. Maybe Martinelli was waving back. Oh, there he is. If you see me, Dan, see me waving, lads. Yeah. Just any of you, just wave back, yeah. okay? Because otherwise, this is going to be Well, Dalla was punching a ghost. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was saving ball. the referee. <laughs> yeah, if anything, um, gentlemen, Newcastle United three, Fulham zero. The Dan Byrne derby, of mm. course. The DBD. Mm, Raul Jimenez was sent off after 22 minutes for jumping dangerously, as some described it, into Sean Longstaff. What was it? What was it? Forget all the decision. We can come on to that. What was he actually doing? I think... I don't know what he was doing. I'll, I'm going to have Great a go at this. You've asked, you've asked the right man. It, it, was, like, like, it was like it was like when a cat turns oh. around and sees a cucumber <laughs> and flies in the air. Yeah, it was a bit like that. Yeah. I think what he was trying to do is I think he probably thought Longstaff was going to play like the ball, like loop it up in the air or, or play a pass, I don't know, cross field or whatever. And he thought, I'll jump and try and block that. And it became very apparent very early <laughs> that, that was that's not what was, was going to happen. So he pulled out the tackle and then sort of Schumacher'd him in the face, didn't he? Yeah, Marcus, uh, Marcus Silva took it well, didn't he? Well, he does, often does. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a passionate man, yeah. I, the referee was unable to handle the pressure and, and said a lot more, actually. You can watch the whole thing. I mean, to, to the point of BBC Sport on Instagram like played a little tune under him. <laughs> a state broadcaster yeah, mugging yeah. off a Premier League manager, yeah. a fine Premier League manager, yeah. I might add. They're not a state broadcaster, they're a public service broadcaster. Sorry, yeah. that's yeah. what I meant. That's yeah, what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Um, Very important in, in, the, in these times, these troubled times. They're to a get piss this wrong. broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
You went straight to it, didn't you? In your head. I right. did, yeah. I'd oh. love it. I'd love it. What I would love if, uh, what I think that these interviewers should do. I don't know who interviewed uh, Marcus Silver after the game, but I like because you could probably better see how fuming because he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. yeah. And you could see he's got a face like thunder from the start. I'd love it if the interviewer just went up to Marcus Silver straight away and just went, um, "Any words of congratulations for Lewis Miley being the uh, <laughs> being the youngest ever Premier League scorer?" Yeah. Because he would have he would have been like. What? Newcastle's youngest. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would have corrected you like I did. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. He's very studious. Yeah. He's uh, a lot more impressive than you, if you don't mind me saying. What, Marcus Silva? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lewis Miley as well. You could throw in as well. I just wanted to clarify. Lewis Miley, Lewis Miley was born in 2006. Yeah, some people were. It's great, isn't some it? Some people were born after. It's great. Like your child we're, and mine. We're, dangerous, we're, cl- we're <laughs> yeah. dangerously close to having yeah. a player yeah. who was born after the ramble started. No Ooh. way. No way. We are. Yeah. I just thought everyone just stopped breeding. They, sh- they should have. Um, should have. Looking at you. Right. <laughs> Look, if you want to talk about that sort of stuff, tell it to your mate Matt Letizia. Okay? <laughs> He'd be very, very interested. But, you, won't, you won't believe what the government are doing with people. Well, look, yeah. Raul Jimenez was unfairly sent off. Um, <laughs> Newcastle probably. I mean, he was clearly annoyed that he got an elbow from Lascelles. Jamal Lascelles. The funny thing is with that is that... When it's slowed down and when you look at it again, it looks quite bad. Yeah. But I sort of, like, your arms do move. Do you know what I mean? Like, he has caught him in the face. There's no stories about that. But I think the reason why it probably wasn't sending off is because as your body moves, like, sometimes you just get an unlucky one. I don't yeah. think he's really gone, right, I'm going to raise it. Because no. it wasn't a raised elbow. I no. think him and his, you know. Silver said of that, before the red card, it was a clear elbow from Lascelles. He knew Rail was there, the elbow out, until the 21st minute. In all the moments, the referee didn't give us one foul for Newcastle. It was a free kick every time. And actually, there is something about St. James's Park that, mm. like, it certainly, whether it's actually true or not, it feels like that as the visiting team, doesn't it? Because the crowd is so up. And they are quite a robust team. Yeah. And it's, Anfield does this as well. You know, if every Every chested ball, the crowd appeal as a handball, and and every every tackle, the crowd appeal as a foul, as, as a foul. And that's not to say that they're they're not watching the game properly, but they're just so so invested in it and so partisan yeah. and so ready to see those margins as for or against their team in the in the appropriate context of those. Um, that those those stadiums are cauldron like and you can, really you can add really Old Trafford to that. To that like, list I don't stadiums. know that you can. Mm. Um, you statistically way. could not apparently back way. in the day didn't they do it and there was a, a true yeah done. I suppose there was not the now, idea no, of the, the Homer referee but, but mm. I, I would my, my take on it was a little bit different which is just that I think that Silva was using a bit of sophistry really he was so annoyed mm-hmm. that it was unrealistic that they were going to get anything out of the game for that to happen so early at St James's mm. Park given the run they've been on I know they lost to Liverpool but they still you know it was life and death really they could have could have got mm. something out of that they had a great result before that and then two amazing results after that and it, I, I think it looked to me like he felt like they were starting to build some momentum yeah. and that has just been killed dead well there's definitely that and, and, and obviously the, the man back among the goals has, has been sent off and that and that kills any chance of, of getting anything out of that game and you saw it at Old Trafford last season in the FA Cup Fulham 1-0 up they're on the on the verge of going to a semi-final and you know goodness knows what, what might have happened after that being yeah, hammered in the final again. <laughs> being hammered in the final by Man City um, but uh, and so I think yes you're right his, his, his passions run high and so on and um, and I, I, it's just the frustration mm. like I often liken it to on this podcast it's the bloke in um, 
Lockstock who's been chucked out of the game of cards and you yeah. know, the bouncer shuts the door and he's a bit more money. Wankers, wankers. Yeah, that's yeah. what he just shouts in. Well, you know, the bouncer you, is Sol Campbell. Uh, in Snatch, I believe. Oh, that's Snatch. I think I got that okay. wrong. Somebody okay. pulled me up on that. Okay, right, fine. Um, you know, it's, it's tackling the big issues. Yeah, <laughs> as always. Yeah. Um, Sol Campbell's acting career. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, but Newcastle obviously good value for the win. They're back on the horse. Look, weirdly, Sol Campbell's acting career is better than his you political career. It kind of goes football, yes, playing, then management, then acting, then politics mm. I'm yeah. sure there's something in between acting and politics as well probably yeah yeah business maybe stuff yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah I mean Lewis Miley scoring that goal it just it just gets better and better for the 17 year old it's, yeah. it's ridiculous uh, Sean Longstaff uh, revealed that the Newcastle safeguarding officer visited training on Friday to check the rest of the squad were being nice to him because yeah. he's under 18 of course it's refreshing yeah. to see an organisation care so much about human rights isn't it, it is actually yeah <laughs> it is did you see the um, the Fulham fans on the train to Newcastle pictured enjoying a festive spread of cheese crackers and gravelax gravelax is the one <laughs> like, unreal and a lot more it's so good it's all from Aldi and you can sort of make the defence oh is that you know is this sort of bit of reverse snobbery but it's, it's gravelax I don't even know what gravelax is it's kind of a salmony thing yeah salmon oh that stuff yeah. um, um, the reason why I know about that is because about a dozen people message me going oh Spiller's on his way up to Newcastle <laughs> or something like that yeah. I like the I like the um, like the football snobbery towards I've been like oh it's fucking ridiculous isn't it mm, yeah, yeah why don't you eat like, why don't you eat shit yeah. Yeah. why don't you get like and eat shit there's definitely something in that yeah. like Jim says oh justify it, this justify it, that here's how you justify it why don't you just eat the food you like going <laughs> yeah. somewhere you want to go? I'll tell you yeah. what. It's, you... it's a real like, working class kind of thing about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't deserve that. Yeah. None of us do. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's something nice about going on a train with Luke talking of working class treats. Always brings, uh, is, it, is it a Welsh tea cake or a Welsh? I like a Welsh cake. Welsh cake. Oh, just a Welsh cake. <laughs> and the Welsh cakes along. Yeah, yeah I'll spread Jim, them around. We've, 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 do you uh, eat them outside of the train or is it just for the train? I think they, the thing is, you it's get. A, it's a look more train treat so, that. So the best Welsh cakes are available from Marks and Spencer's. Yeah. And oh. there's always an MS food. Oh, MS, is it? Most of the train stations. Oh, you've changed. Well, I like mm. to share the wealth among my friends. Yeah, I'll give you a Welsh cake, Jim. You, you want to you come and come see me? You probably you you've probably stopped pissing in your own hands, haven't you? I have, yeah. That's the old story about Man City fans at Fulham. The old, uh, you must know that story where there's there's a load of people queuing up for uh, the pub outside Craven Cottage. It might be the Crabtree. I can't remember which one it is. That's a bit further down. But yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, whatever whatever pub it is doesn't matter. Um, and everyone's queuing for the bathroom. There's no pub outside cause the ground because it's busy. And um, this Man City fan goes in and starts taking the slash in the sink, right? Mm. And this Fulham fan says, "Do you mind not doing that? Because I'm I'm here with my son, you know." you shouldn't really be pissing the sink. And the Man City fan goes, oh yeah, you know you're in fucking London now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. like yeah. making it, and the thing about that is, you're making out that everyone in Manchester pisses in the sink, yeah. which I don't yeah. think is true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous all round. snobby London. Yeah, I know. Pissing yeah. where they're yeah. told it's to. It's like the award, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, we're in London now. Or the Huddersfield Town fan I'm, getting a gold flagged off for offside. Typical London lefty. Yeah, I think it's a lot worse than all that. I do yeah. remember though, I think it was Stoke when they came to Fulham once and walking around um, sort of Putney High Street it's obviously quite a busy area and what, I just walked past one of them and he looked up and he just went Gourmet Burger King <laughs> <laughs> couldn't figure it out Burger What's Kitchen the... yeah Gourmet but Burger Kitchen that's what he said bloody hell yeah it's, it, I mean Jim you've had one bloke getting off a train Shithole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a Liverpool fan going up to Wembley. It wasn't it was he hasn't even got off the train, he was just looking out the window. And it was so He's like, right. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. But it felt like he didn't really mean it. He knew he had to say something. Yeah. And it had to be like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I don't know. Um, Jimmy, you've got something you want to say. I do. Well, William Ray has something he wants to say. Oh. So he's written it down in an email and he's sent it to us. He says, hi, Ramblers. I thought you might be interested to know that Michael Owen played Celebrity Deal or No Deal last night. We always enjoy a weird little Mickey Owen update. <laughs> I, mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's not Noel Edmonds, but it was Stephen Mulhern, sadly. I mean, Michael Owen oh, against Noel great. Edmonds would have been a oh, meeting of minds. Absolutely. Edmonds and Letitia. That's <laughs> yeah. the dream. Um, but William carries on. I bet you're wondering whether he was brave enough to go the distance. Well, with two rounds to go, he still had 25 grand on the table and was offered £10,200 by the banker. He said no deal. His daughter, Gemma, then told him not to pick her as she thought she had the 25000 in her box. Michael picked her anyway, and she did indeed have the 25000 in her box. Michael was then left with 5000 and 4000 on the table. He was offered 4600 He said no deal again, and guess what? He took home 4000 for his chosen charity. Oh. At least he's proved he is brave. Um, you, you, you go on a TV show for charity, you let the production company stump up the four grand for the charity you've chosen. You're worth £60 million yourself <laughs> and you're labelled a prat, aren't you? Apparently in the green room, green room he, he was eating Gravelax. <laughs> right, that's it. Yeah. I'm fuming. And he threw a load of it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, four grand's pitiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if it's four grand, you could at least say, I'll chuck in four grand myself. We might well have done. I'm saying we don't know if we did or not. You don't yeah, exactly. know. That would be tremendous, by the way, but we don't know. <laughs> also, also, one of the things about celebrities going on those kind of um, like celebrity charity shows is to also like raise the awareness for that cause to... Mm-hmm. Other mm. people, so a we, yeah, he might have he might have contributed. Do you know what charities he is also doing? That. Do you know what charities need more than awareness, fish money? Yeah, yeah, it's basically money they need. Thank you very much for listening to the football ramble part of the Acast Creator Network. Do follow us on X, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you for choosing Hans Raja. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you too. And thank you, Mark Lavin. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.